1: I'm Kathleen Hayes in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, at the Kansas City Federal Reserve's annual symposium. A look at perhaps redesigning monetary policy this year. Pim Fox, of course, in New York at Bloomberg World Headquarters. We're going to be joined by Jacob Frankel. He's been coming out this Jackson Hole Symposium, Pim, for more than 30 years.
2: Yes, we're going to find out what he thinks about Federal Reserve policy, but also whether the Federal Reserve can actually increase interest rates Despite or at least during the election cycle, maybe even before December, we've got much more coming up. But right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: And I thank you, Pim Fox. Traders pushing down the value of stocks, bonds and the dollar ahead of tomorrow's speech by Fed Chair Janet Yellen in Jackson Hole. The S&P 500 index down three now to 2172, a drop of two tenths of one percent. The 10 year down four thirty seconds the yield one point five seven percent. Dallas Fed Chief Robert Kaplan was interviewed on Bloomberg Radio from Jackson Hole. He touched on a number of topics, including the case for removing accommodation. I
2: think any removal of accommodation should be patient, slow, gradual, because we got a number of persistent headwinds that we have to adjust to. But, yes, I think the strength, the, the case for removing some amount of accommodation, it has strengthened.
0: Sears Holdings, that's the retailer run by hedge fund manager Edward Lampert posted a second-quarter loss as sales continued to shrink. Sears Holdings down 4.4%. St. Jude Medical Shares plunging today. Carson Block, the renowned short-seller and founder of research firm Muddy Waters, warning that tens of thousands of Americans are living with ticking time bombs, and that is St. Jude pacemakers and defibrillators that are easily compromised, causing potentially fatal disruptions. The company says allegations are, quote, absolutely untrue, and several layers of security are in place. St. Jude shares down now by 5.2%. The S&P 500 index down to a drop of 1 tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials down 26, also a drop of 1 tenth of one percent. Gold down 490 the ounce to 1321, a drop of four-tenths of one percent. 332 on Wall
2: Street now. Let's take a look at other news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm John Lauder. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Donald Trump is trying to woo minority voters, promising his economic policies and hardline stance on illegal immigration will benefit low-income Americans and protect jobs. The White House press secretary, Josh Earnest, says the Obama administration and the Democratic Party beg to differ. It would have a devastating impact fiscally and economically uh, by doling out significant tax cuts to those at the top of the income scale uh, and leaving the rest of us uh, to pay the tab. Meanwhile, Democrat Hillary Clinton speaks later today in Reno, Nevada. She'll press her view that Trump is, quote, taking a hate movement mainstream. She'll also try to link his candidacy to the so-called alt-right wing of American politics. A car bomber detonated a vehicle near the new Turkish embassy compound in the Somali capital of Mogadishu. Police opened fire on the car when the bomber refused orders to stop at a checkpoint near the beachside embassy. The Arizona Coyotes are breaking new ground in the National Hockey League. The team has hired what's believed to be the first full-time female coach. Dawn Braid will serve as skating coach. She worked part-time for the team last year. And the city's Conflict of Interest Board has levied a $15,000 fine on Brooklyn District Attorney Ken Thompson, a settlement over personal meals charged to the DA's office. Thompson admitted improperly billing more than $5,000 to the Kings County DA's office, which he's repaid. The sanction is among the largest in a decade. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Lauder. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
0: You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox, live from the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium on Bloomberg Radio.
1: The theme of this year's conference here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, is designing resilient monetary policy frameworks for the future. Well, our next guest says... You better not forget the past. Don't throw out the old textbooks because they still have a lot of lessons for central bankers today. Joining us now is someone who I have to say is a fixture. It wouldn't be Jackson Hole without Jacob Frankel. First of all, he's... Uh, chairman of JPMorgan Chase International. He's the former chief of uh, the Bank of Israel, so he's been a central banker whose all those decisions rested on his lap. He's also chairman of the board of trustees of the group of 30. He, in fact, he's been a member of that group for more than 30 years. So, Jacob, first of all, welcome.
3: Thank you. I'm pleased to be here.
1: So, let's start by uh, your view of this rethink of Fed policy. You are saying don't throw out the old textbooks. Why?
3: Well, for several years... We have been in an exceptional situation where a new paradigm was gaining hold, and that's the unconventional monetary policy. It's very important to recognize that that unconventional monetary policy in historical perspective, should be viewed as a detour at the end of which one returns to the highway of normal monetary policy rather than becoming the new paradigm that will prevail for years to come. The old central banking principles that are emphasizing the importance of price stability and more recently financial stability that is resting on the importance of independence of central banking that emphasizes clarity and transparency and recognizes that central banks' mandates are relatively limited. You cannot solve all the problems in the world only by relying on monetary policy. We have for years we have seen a situation where monetary policy all over the world has been overburdened. It has become the only game in town. And the reason is that it has been the only Really well functioning arm of economic policy, but we should not get into the habit of basically absolving the other important arms and assume away the possibility of introducing structural policies, flexibility of the economic system. That's the only way in which you can really raise productivity and contribute to sustainable growth.
2: Mr. Franco, what about increasing interest go rates? Ahead.
3: When you're asking what about increasing interest rates, we need to put it in perspective. We are now in an unprecedented level of interest rates. Let's call it close to zero. Real interest rates are negative. So we need to ask ourselves, is this the new long run? The answer is no. Every central banker will tell you that – The negative real interest rates for the very long run, or the zero, practically zero nominal rates of the central bank in the long run, are not desirable and are not sustainable. So it is in this context that we need to ask, is this the time to move ahead with normalization? It is not only my opinion. The Federal Reserve has told us very clearly in the past that they are eager to move towards normalization, that... They were looking specifically at the developments of the economy, at the developments of labor markets. So when I follow that guideline, I conclude and I ask myself, where is the labor market today? Clearly improved dramatically. Unemployment has declined to 4.9%. Participation has improved. Duration of unemployment has declined. The situation of households has improved dramatically. Spending is on the rise. We do have, of course, a negative part of the a corporate investment, but I say that by and large, by this criteria, the tests have passed and it's time and the economy is strong enough to move ahead with the normalization.
1: Okay, Jacob Frankel. Uh Rob Kaplan, president of the Dallas Fed, sees the sees that the the Fed's moving in that direction. But the patient, patient, no rush to move. You are you in a different mode? Would you say Fed think about doing an interest rate increase at your next meeting in September?
3: Well, I'm all for patience, provided somebody is doing what needs to be done during the patience period. Does anyone really believe that Congress will act, get its act together in the coming? three to six months? Does anyone really believe that we will see structural measures in the coming three to six months? And if the idea of patience means allow Congress to, to do it, then it means very long run. To me, I need to ask myself not only what are the risks of raising interest rates, but what are the costs of delaying the normalization? We see today a situation where there are a lot of dislocation. The price of risks has been distorted. We are giving a superficial and artificial boost to financial markets by pushing interest rates down. We divert investment from plants and equipment towards financial assets. People are happy because their value of their wealth is rising as it is reflected in prices of housing and the prices of their stocks, and therefore we say, wow, but let's not not forget, real investment is a problem, and one of it, one of the reasons for it is uncertainty about many things, including Fed policy.
1: Yes or no? Interest rate increase in September. You say yes?
3: If you ask me whether I would recommend to raise, I say yes. If you ask me do I expect it to happen, I say no.
1: Thank you, Jacob Frankel. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll be speaking with Mark Gordon. He is the
2: treasurer of the state of Wyoming. He's a former member of the Kansas City Federal Reserve's Board
1: of Directors. He's going to talk about the challenges facing Wyoming and the energy industry.